Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome in. Happy Halloween. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. Richard Cross is dressing up as somebody that works a full-time job. Uh, how hard did you laugh at my email? Oh, I didn't see it. What did you say in the email? Oh, I did So, Super Talk is doing a thing where they, they, the guys there, or some of the folks down in Jackson, yeah. sent out some pictures of their costumes, right? So, I sent back an email that said, I, I went as Richard this Halloween, and I just sent a picture of an empty chair. <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait to open my email later and uh, and see that. That's uh, yeah. that's gonna be great. Yeah, Richard's got the day off uh, because neither Brian Haydad nor myself have young children that we want to spend Halloween with. And uh, no, I'm I'm just kidding. I gotta get. <laughs> I've got to get my shots. In, in my head, I was like, like my my kids are old enough that like Halloween's not a big deal for yeah. us anymore. But like, I was just like, yeah, I guess he's. Wait a minute, he has a little kid. What's he say? Oh, he got him. He got him. I got to get my jokes in now because I I will be missing uh, Football Friday. Now, it's for an appointment, but I will be missing a football Friday, and so I've got to get my shots in now because my, my window to take shots ends That's on right. after Thursday's show, and now I only think Haydad will be able to make take shots from here on out. It's going to be great on Friday. When we're having a remote in Starville, it's, it's best that it's just me. Probably. <laughs> we, don't, we, don't need any, we don't need anybody else. <laughs> Then you know I, I got I got I got good stuff lined up. So. I, I got a DM from somebody a while ago, and, and it, you know if it's just one person or a hundred people that think this, the reason we pick on Richard is because we deeply like and respect him. That that's why we do it. You you, you pick on well at least I do anyway. Hey, Dad may not, but the reason we we pick on him like this deeply? when he's not here, Dad, yeah, yeah, that's a bit of a stretch. More just like a, respect. <laughs> It's because we like him. A guy was like, you guys are really mean Richard? About Richard. No, it's, I mean, this guy apparently doesn't have any good friends because this is what you do. This is how I know who my my best friends are, is if you were to read my group text, (laughs) you would think, I hate these people that are involved (laughs) in this, and they hate me equally as much. That's how you know they're good friends. For sure. So we got a lot to get to today. We'll talk uh, Southern Miss with Luke here in a little bit. Uh, Ross Dellinger wrote an article today that we have to get to. It has a Mississippi State mention, and there's a lot of layers to that Mississippi State mention. We got lines to get to. There is a new 
hilarious layer to the Michigan sign-stealing scandal. Oh, that thing just keeps getting more and more ridiculous. And then there's this. So I want to start here because this is the viral college football story of the day. It's a little bit long, so you're going to have to bear with the audio some. Dabo Sweeney got a call on his coach's radio show last night from Tyler in Spartanburg. And in fairness to Dabo, I can't play the entire thing because that's eight minutes long. So I had to just cut Dabo's answer. I also had to edit a couple of words in there coming from Dabo, which is interesting. If I missed one, I will try to hit the dump button. I think I got them all. Uh, but we'll see. Tyler from Spartanburg. I just want to point out. Go ahead. I want to point out. I have not heard this audio yet. Because as soon as I saw the tweets, I was like, I know for a fact that I'm going to hear this audio tomorrow on the show. Yes. So I want my reaction to it to be genuine. So I have not heard this audio. So I'm looking forward to it. In fairness to Dabo, for some reason, the Clemson Coaches Show allowed Tyler from Spartanburg over 90 seconds to just... Uh, the guy quoted a is. guy quoted a Bible verse at Dabo. The pride comes before the fall. Ta- called him Bowden, not Bobby Bowden, but the one at Clemson that ended up failing. Questioned his motivation and his work ethic, and for for whatever reason, they just let this guy just ask a really stupid and kind of flippant question at Dabo. So, in fairness to Dabo, that guy should not have been allowed to do this. However, here was Dabo's response. This is on his coach's radio show last night. It's long. Forgive me. And it gets better towards the end than at the beginning. But here's Dabo's response to Tyler from Spartanburg. This guy's name, Tyler. I've, I've listened to Tyler. enough of you, Tyler. Listen, uh, you can you can have all your opinions that you want. All right. I don't know how old you are. Don't really care. All right. But let me tell you something. Um, we won 11 games last year, and you're part of the problem. To be honest with you, because that is part of the problem. It's people like you that do that. All you do is ex- the appreciation. The expectation is greater than the appreciation, mm. and that's the problem. And so, you know, we've won 12 10 plus win year- seasons in a row. That's happened three times in 150 years. So, if you want to know why, Clemson ain't sniff a national championship for 35 years. We've won two in seven years, and there's only two other teams that can say that: Georgia and Alabama. Okay. Is this a bad year? Is this a – yeah, and it's my responsibility. Take 100% responsibility for it. But all this bull crap you're thinking and all these narratives you read, you can have your opinion all you want, and you can apply for the job, and good luck to you, all right? But to answer your question, all right, we're second in draft picks. We've graduated 98% of our guys. We're second in wins, all right? We, we, if you, you want to know why, again, I'm telling you, we're not perfect. There's a lot of teams that, you know, Frank Howard never had a bad year. Coach Ford never had a bad year. Nobody's – Coach K has never had a bad year in basketball. People have a bad year. But the part of the problem is the appreciation. I used to tell people all the time, they'd say, what's the difference in Clemson? Let me tell you, at, Cle- at some places there's an expectation, but at Clemson there's an appreciation. And what's happened at Clemson is is – We've won so much that even when we – it used to be the funds and the winning. Now even when you win, people like you complain and criticize the coaches and question everything. You, you, people like you, all right, when I hired Tony Elliott to be the offensive coordinator who never called a play in his life, I'm sure you were critical then. 
All right, and he took us to two national championships. People like you who just love to, to destroy people with your comments, all right, I'm sure you've never made any bad decisions. I'm sure you've lived a perfect life. I'm sure you've never, I'm sure you've led a bunch of people. I'm sure you do your job in front. So to answer your question, I started as the lowest paid coach in this freaking business, all right? And I'm where I am because I've worked my ass off every single day. And I ain't going to let some smart-ass kid get on this phone and create this stuff. So if you got a problem with that, I don't care, all right? It, I work for, for the Board of Trustees, the President, and the AD. And if they're tired of me leading this program, all they got to do is let me know. I'll go somewhere else where there is an appreciation, all right? It's not just winning. It's how you win. And we are in a – this is a tough year. But we've had 12, 12, 10-plus win seasons in a row. Twelve. We lost to Tennessee last year. They won 11 games for the first time in like 20 years. We've had eight 11-win seasons in, in whatever, 11 years or whatever. We've won two national championships. Clemson went 35 years, all right, probably since before you were born, your whole freaking life. And we've won two in seven years. And we earned it. And we beat the best of the best to do it. The best of the best. 12 10-plus win seasons. So if you want to know why, that's why. Am I perfect? Nope. I'm far from it. I am, a, And I am a man of faith. Absolutely. All right? I'm 53 years old, and there ain't one thing in my life. I, now, I have, I have been a part of failure many times, but there ain't one thing in my life that I've ever failed at, Tyler. Never. All right? Ever. I wanted to get an education. I got two degrees. I wanted to be the first college of my graduate my family. I did it. I wanted to go play football at Alabama. I earned a scholarship, letter three years, worked my ass off, won a national championship. I wanted to get into coaching. I worked my way to being a head coach. And when I got this job, and I'm sure you didn't want me to get this job, all right, and 15 years later I'm still here, and I'd say the results are what they are, and I stand on them. So you don't ever have to call back. I, I wanted to get married. I've been married for going on 30 years. I wanted to be a father. I've raised three great sons. If you don't like how I run the program, don't be a fan. I don't care. But I'm the head coach, and I'm going to do what I believe is right for the long term of this program, what's best for the players, and what I think is best for the moment. If you got a problem with that, that's fine. But you're not, I'm not going to sit here and let you call. I don't give a crap how much money I make. You ain't going to talk to me. Like I'm like I'm 12 years old. You'd be freaking kidding me. And that is five minutes of Dabo talking to Tyler from Spartanburg. Tyler talking to talking to Borky from Madison. Is who that guy? <laughs> I know. I know you called that in. That that is. You know, we talk all the time about people get on us. Like, Y'all don't ever ask the tough questions. That's the response you get from the tough your quote tough tough questions. If I were to go up there and ask that same question of Zach Arnett, that the response would be very similar. Either that or he might leap off the stage and rip out my throat with his bare hands. Those are the only two options I got there. So, yeah, when people say, oh, won't you ask the tough questions, that's what you get when you ask the tough questions. You don't get an answer. You get chided. You get yelled at. So what's the point? 601-879-4395 is the text on somebody says, "Has I'm a man, I'm 40 vibes. Uh, Jeff says, Tyler. Tyler. 
Oh, man. I've got some thoughts on it. Probably not exclusively what you would think that they are, but uh, we'll do that. We'll talk uh, Southern Miss with Luke. We'll talk about sign stealing. We'll talk about the uh, Ross Dellinger article that had a significant Mississippi State mention. All coming your way at Sports Talk Mississippi. Just getting started with you. You're hearing Sports Talk Mississippi. What? What? This is so on Super Talk Mississippi. Porky and Haydad with you. A couple of texts and then uh, we'll respond to what we played. Bo says, I like his answer. Way to go, Dabble. Only thing I don't like is having to bring up old stuff winning in the past. That's part of uh, my answer, actually. Somebody says, I love it. Tyler's probably a tool anyway. And and here's here's the thing. So, again, I didn't play the question, which is probably not fair, Dabo, but believe me when I say that whoever was involved in putting Tyler on the air, whoever was running the control board, uh, should have cut him off. It, it was really stupid to allow him to ramble the way he did for 90-plus seconds. I, I mean... When you're quoting a Bible verse at a football coach, you're—I mean, come on, man! It's just the, the the whole question was was absurd, and it got met with an answer that Tyler kind of deserved. Here's my issue, though: if I were a Clemson fan, I would be concerned about why did that message have to come from the football coach? Here's what I mean by that. So, kind of apples to oranges, but my dad used to always tell me growing up. A good person never has to tell anybody that they are. An accomplished person will never tell you what their accomplishments are. And when Tyler from Spartanburg calls the coaches show, Dabo spends five minutes telling Tyler how great he is and has been. And I would be concerned that, hey, look, man, you're an $11.5 million a year football coach with a $115 million contract. With that kind of salary and investment comes increased scrutiny. Clemson didn't pay you for something that happened seven years ago. They're paying you for what they expect to happen moving forward. And if Tyler from Spartanburg, who, I mean... If you're calling into a coach's show and doing what Tyler from Spartanburg did, is that anybody that you should care about what their opinion is? Is that anybody that any person should really be bothered by what they have to say or what they think about you? The the thin-skinnedness, the insecurity displayed by Dabo there would concern me. That kind of tells me that the wheels are falling off. And it's not like, Tyler or any Clemson fan is dissatisfied with winning. They're four and four. Last year, every Clemson person out there defended Dabo when the rest of the country was like, ooh, is he losing steam? They were happy with the 10 win season a year ago. They're four and four. What do you think Georgia fans would be saying about Kirby if you were four and four? Alabama fans would be saying about Nick Saban, oh, wait, they already did that earlier this year. With the Increased investment comes increased scrutiny. And and if you're getting so bothered by a guy that calls into the coach's show, that screams to me insecurity in a similar way that Ole Miss fans heard from Houston Nutt. 
Remember when Houston up was slapping the podium talking about how yeah, he's doing things at Ole Miss that haven't happened in 50 years? Remember that? 50! Yeah. That's what this is. This is Dabo's 50-year rant. It's four minutes longer. But that's... If I were advising Dabo, I would say, dude, you're a multinational championship winning college football coach. You do have a ton of money, and you do have a great family, and you've had a three-decade-old marriage, and you've got three sons that, that you brag on. Forget Tyler. Who cares? It doesn't matter. He's a nobody. He probably worked all day and got home and wanted to yell at somebody, and so he chose you. Don't punch down at, at people and, and at your fans. Just you got to kind of own stuff like this. So I, I understand. I sympathize with Dabo because the question was garbage. But man, who is Tyler? Who cares? Why do you care? Don't let him bother you. He shouldn't. And so now you have. Since we're gonna we're gonna talk about Michigan later, we have conspiracy theory on this now that this is a plant that. That Dabo wanted to have this rant, so he set up this question because that would make sense why they let him rant that long, right? Normally, you could, I, as a kid, I called the Jackie Sherrill show once, and my, I had a very simple question, but I and, and I got it answered. But I know that people have called in the past and tried to, like, you know, call him out after a loss. They'll cut you off, they cut you off quick. The fact that he was allowed to go on is this, is this, is this a plant? That's the conspiracy theory going around. We did get a text, which about I'm willing that. to embrace. I'm willing to embrace. We we did get a text about that. That it was a plant. Mm-hmm. They let they let him ramble for uh, for that long. But it either way, um, Clemson's about to fall to four and five if they lose to Notre Dame this weekend. That that mm-hmm. that is not. And, you know, maybe it's not fair, but but that's college football today, and that's why when we talk about Mississippi State here soon. Again, Dellinger's got an article out. We'll read the excerpt. We'll talk about it. But the the idea that you'd fire a coach after one year where they have as many wins and losses at this point 10 years ago would have seemed like absolute insanity. The idea would have been so stupid. But in, in this era of college football, it is more about what have you done for me lately than it ever has been before, which is why I don't blame coaches for chasing $115 million contracts, which is what they're getting right now, or at least that's what Dabo has at the moment. Don't blame Dabo for getting that contract because the, the scrutiny has absolutely increased, just like I don't blame players for, for chasing money as well. The coaches are going to do it. You should do it as well. I mean, they're not going to develop you anymore. How many college football teams are going to sign players that are three-year projects? Yeah, none. Nobody. It's not happening anymore. So go get the money when you can get the money, because who knows what your future holds. Same thing with with Dabo and and here. It's a dramatically changing environment. And so we're going to have a conversation in a little while about a first-year head coach that would have been absolute insanity to have not too terribly long ago. But that's the nature yeah. of the beast now. That's how, that's how, I mean, it's a one-year business, guys. I, I talked about this recently, that when every coach is just one year away, right? If, if, if Kirby Smart were 4-4 four and four right this second, there would be conversations being had about, hey, what's going on? Do we need to make a move? This isn't right. 
even though he's won the last two national titles, because there's just too much money involved. There's hundreds of millions of dollars at stake. You can't, you can't, you can't fall behind. You can't allow that to happen. So yeah, every, it's everybody's on a one-year contract. It doesn't really matter. Which I mean, we're, we were talking about the Jimbo. They may have to pay him seventy, eighty million dollars. That's a realistic conversation. In what other world is that a realistic conversation? If your buyout Borky was eighty million dollars, I'll just go ahead and tell you, you could come on this radio station and say whatever you wanted. Nobody's firing you. No, you're definitely either that or you're just gonna wake up one morning and there's gonna be a horse head in, in the bed with you and you'd be like, All right, I get the message. But yeah, I mean that's that's only college football would that would that ever happen. Dwayne says, I agree. It's like when you guys blow off stupid textures. You know, sometimes that really used to get to me. It doesn't so mm-hmm. much anymore. But, man, there is not a person's opinion with an $11.5 million salary that I would allow to cause me to cuss on the radio. Yeah. you got to let those words go, by the way. I'm pretty sure we can say that word. We, we Richard said it the other day. He did. But, you know, I kind of like doing the reverse edit, too. It kind of throws people off. It's like, wait, what happened there? It still sounded like he said the word. I was like, <laughs> it's close enough. Yeah, there's so, a... You need to throw... The, you got to throw the dusty roads in there and just sort of, like, dub over. Where, instead of saying with a hard A, it's more of an E. It's ease. <laughs> Thales says, I'm an Ole Miss fan first, but I am a Dabo and Clemson fan. I agree with most of what he said, but he did say too much. David said, please fire me. Yeah. I have a friend who 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 has a, a job where he has a guaranteed contract and they had some layoffs recently. I was like, Are you in trouble? He's like, if they fire me, I will skip home. They would owe me like an exorbitant amount of money. So Speaking of Jimbo He's like I will literally skip and whistle the whole way. Speaking of Jimbo, uh, he brings his team into Oxford this weekend. I, I made a supercut of Lane Kiffin taking the subtlest of jab. Well, oh, I, I say subtle. They're not really subtle if you understand how little Lane Kiffin respects Jimbo Fisher at this point. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll play them for you later, and uh, you'll pick up on them. I'll, I'll put it this way as a teaser. Lane Kiffin is very fond of the job that Bobby Petrino has done making their offense schematically actually good. So we'll we'll get to that here in a little bit. We'll talk to Luke next. He was in Boone. Get a recap of uh, of his trip and the time there. And then there are uh, there there are more things emerging from this Michigan sign stealing scandal that that guys especially on Halloween disguises are now in play here. Uh, so we'll get to all that uh, with you. We'll get to the Farm Bureau phone line next, though. 601-879-4395 is the text line. You want to be a part of the show, that's how you do it. The ceasefire text line. Don't text and drive. Be safe, especially today. If you're driving home, there's there's little ones running around, and you know I'm working on crossing the street with mine right now. You stop. You look left. Is there a car coming? No. You look right. Is there a car coming? No. What does that mean? That means we can cross, but, you know, they don't bat a thousand with that, so uh, be safe out there. Don't text and drive, but we would love for you to text our show. 601-879-4395. We'll talk a little Southern Miss when we come back. Let the broadcasting of the disturbed continue. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi.
No. You don't like Not it? Not that one. Oh, God, that's the scariest movie ever made. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna let this roll for a while. It's too Oh, it's a four-minute-long file. I'm just gonna let this thing go the whole time. Well, thank goodness we got a man on the cloth on with us here. We did it will get, protect us. We did get this text here. It says, Devil's Advocate, I understand you, Borky, but don't completely agree. Tyler from Spartanburg isn't a nobody. He was a fan before Dabo, and he will be a fan long after he's gone. He pays for the tickets and gear and possibly pays to the collective. A lot of times I feel like coaches look down on the fans that are the reason they have a job. That's a good point. That's why I said, you know, you shouldn't punch down earlier. That's kind of what I was alluding to, but but yours... Uh, Message is much more detailed uh, than I said there. Absolutely, uh, that that is that is why his response should have been different. That's an emotional fan that certainly shouldn't get your um, your your undies in a bunch there on your uh, coach's show. But anyway, <laughs> that's one way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> that's one way to put it. Uh, Luke Johnson joins us right now on the Farm Bureau guest line. Go to favorites.com and go with the home team. So, Luke, before we talk about the actual football game. I've said on, on this show many times that one of the more underrated places to go see college football is in Boone, North Carolina. You got to do that this weekend. Tell us about the trip first. Well, just to, to calm Clemson fans, at least they weren't, you know, nobody was sitting in the freeway when we drove through Greenville and the turnoff to uh, to Clemson. I sent you a text, Borky, as yeah. I was entering your home state. So, yeah, it may be rough, but they're they're not like, you know, throwing things at, at driver buys. I'll tell you what, in in playing college football and in making, you know, seeing a lot of games on college campuses over the years and playing in SEC stadiums and seeing environments, I have not seen a prettier setting uh, for a college football game than what I saw Saturday. And uh, it, it was a combination of it being the last weekend in, in October it was 70 degrees. The residents of Boone said it was the hottest day they'd had in several weeks. Uh, it had like snowed earlier in the week at, at Banner Elk between Beach Mountain and, uh, and Sugar Mountain. And uh, we had had an older lady tell us that uh, in 30 years they hadn't had that much color in the leaves. And if, if you've never been there, they, they, the reason that they call it the rock, Southern Miss we call it the rock because the, uh, the football players actually hauled the – the concrete and stuff to build it. But up there, they literally cut it out of the side of, of the hill, of a mountain. So it, it, it sits in a crater. And it's absolutely beautiful. It's a lot of space on the playing field. And it was just a really cool atmosphere to take in a game. Unfortunately for the game itself, though, a, a tough one for Southern Miss because, you know, a game they had, it looked like they had it in hand there for a few minutes, and then it gets away from them. I hate to ask a what was more disappointing kind of question, but what was more disappointing, the the fact that you have the lead late and can't hold it, or the fact that Frank Gore Jr. finally has a huge monster game and and you can't take advantage of it? It wasn't just, you know, he had a monster game, but, you know, Wiles threw for 280. Offense put up almost 600 yards. They put up 588 yards, and it was a game where it's it was in a lot of ways uh, infuriating because it's a microcosm of what's happened all year. I mean, the worst possible things happen at the worst possible time. Southern Miss is up, um, you know, double digits. They throw a, a what was appeared to be a screen pass to the left. They get called for a pass interference on a downfield block. That backs them up. Then they get hit on third down. 
uh, and fumble the ball, and uh, App gets it on the one-yard line. I mean, it was just stuff like that. Um, and all kinds of just maddening situations happened at the wrong time. They played really good on special teams. Uh, like you said, you know, offensively, it's pretty obvious uh, that Jordy Joseph was uh, was free to call plays, and he and Sam Gregg were were free to to run the offense. I mean, even today at practice, Will Hall was was at the complete opposite end. He was not not near the offense, and it really showed. I mean, they spread the ball uh, to the the sides of the field. They 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 took shots like early. I mean, they marched straight down on the first drive, scored their first offensive touchdown, guys, in the month of October. But they did it like super quick. Took two big shots. Uh, Frog Jones had a crazy good catch in the end zone. And, and like you said, I mean, this was a game where App got back in it. Southern Miss answered. App scored. Frank rips off a, a big touchdown run. App scores. Southern Miss runs an option play. And, uh, and, and they fight back. It was just in the fourth quarter. They couldn't get anything going. Uh, again, though, fourth loss of the year where they're driving to either tie or win the football game. And they turned it over on a fourth and short on on that side of the field. Richard kind of asked this on yesterday's show, so let me ask you a lot of good things from this game. You know, you, you played well on the road. You got some big performances, but is it is it too late now at this point to, to look at and say, well, they can build off of that and maybe finish the season strong, or or are there things you take away from that game and go, look, they if they play like that again, they're probably going to get a win. Yeah, I, I think it's more of the, the second. What's frustrating about this one is back-to-back weeks, you've lost the, the worst two ways to lose a football game. You get blown out and embarrassed, and then you come back and you play really well, and then you blow a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. I mean, that is just the the way to, to uh, just to beat your head against the wall. Something that Frank Gore did say, um, we, we interviewed him today um, after practice, and he said he defined it this way. I mean, if you if you guys would have been at practice today and heard these guys, you would not have thought this was a one in seven football team. Uh, Frank just said, "Hey, we have an opportunity to ruin some people's seasons in these last four games," and and that's that's really Brian to answer your question. I mean, that's the approach. It's one game at a time. We feel like we can get one this week against ULM. Southern's actually favored in this game. And then you go to Louisiana, you go to Starkville, and you host uh, Troy, who's in the first place in the West. So, you know, four opportunities just to basically say, we got four big games. We're going to take them one at a time. We can't play for anything else other than these games. And so let's just the, – the, the only thing you can do is lose a football game. You might as well go for broke every single week uh, down the stretch. We talked about this with Arkansas, trying to figure out what Arkansas was. They were playing all these close games. I mean – had a chance, maybe could have, should have won in Baton Rouge, maybe could have, should have won in Oxford. I mean, just get, in Tuscaloosa, they had the ball down two in the fourth quarter driving, and, and they just they didn't win those games. We were trying to figure out, you know, what are they? Are they a team that's really close and they're just getting unlucky and just not closing, or is this a bad football team because they're unable to win these close games? We learned with Arkansas uh, when they hosted Mississippi State that it's probably just a bad team. But that, that logic doesn't apply to, to everybody. So what do you think Southern Miss is having all of these just close game after close game after close game that they're not getting over the hump? Is it is it because they're not good, or is it just a combination of other stuff getting in their way? I mean, I think they've got in their own way plenty of times, but I do think other than South Alabama and 
Florida State. I mean, they they probably should have won those games. They had a they had a chance to be up on Tulane at halftime, and uh, again, they you know just didn't complete a pass, didn't execute a play. And I mean, a twenty-one to three loss to to Tulane. What they're doing right now, I mean, is is fairly you know not not respectable, but I mean, it's a whole lot better than how they played in other games. So I do. I have not seen a more snake bit team uh, in the I'd say halfway snake bit uh, because they have, of course, they have contributed to their one and seven record, of course. But I have I have not seen in a long time the like worst case scenario happen at like the worst time. I mean, it's just like we we got news uh, yesterday. Will on the show says Drake Clark's out for the year probably with a broke hand. I mean, that, that's your backup running back who's been really good, averaging like five yards a clip. It's just one thing after the other. So while there have been plenty of things that Southern Miss can take personal accountability for, there's just been some things in the flow of a game and off the field that you just like what everything hits the fan at once. Yeah. It is at least encouraging to see when you move off of trying to be head coach and play caller, you immediately have that offensive output. Is that permanent? Or is there going to be some kind of search this offseason for a more permanent offensive coordinator? I mean, Will's mentioned, um, you know, he mentioned last week, uh, or, or yeah, a week, you know, last week when uh, he was, uh, you know, handing over play calling duties that there were going to be some addressing. I think that's the word he used. He would have to address and uh, some some things as soon as the year was over. And so I do think there will be some issues. But, I mean, Jordy Joseph called a really, really, really good game on on Saturday and shows you, you know, what, what the personnel uh, is capable of for sure. Uh, any quick thoughts? we got about a minute left here on the, the game this weekend. Yeah, I mean, they're favored in it. Uh, ULM's a, a team, hasn't won a conference game. They've kind of played the, the similar opponents the same way. They got blown out by South Alabama. It's one of those games that Southern Miss, this is their best opportunity to win a football game. And so block everything else out and go win a, a football game. I should mention this. We had uh, Christian Ostrander on the show today. Um, a lot of people don't know this. One of the biggest athletic decisions of the year is what the head baseball coach will dress for for trick-or-treat at the Pete. They had close to 3,000 kids there last Thursday night. He dressed up like the Wizard of Oz, of course. The entire staff dressed up like all the characters. Carly Malden was Dorothy. But Keller Bradford, son of uh, Moneyball, Chad Bradford, he was the uh, Wicked Witch of the West, and it was pretty grotesque. <laughs> awesome. What are you going to be? Yeah. I am going to be like a functional Ph.D. student because I will probably be writing a seminar paper <laughs> continuing to write that tonight. What you see is what there you, you get right now. Hey. Thanks a lot, Luke. We appreciate you, man. All right, guys. Have a great day. Luke Johnson of the Super Talk Eagle Hour on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. 601-879-4395 is the text line. You want to be a part of the show. That's how you can do it. We'll be right back. Here comes more Sports Talk Mississippi. You ready, guys? On Super Talk Mississippi. It's astounding. Time is fleeting. Madness takes it. Happy Halloween. I'm Michael Borkies, Brian Haydad. Great to be with you. So, we got a lot of local sports to talk about. Zach Arnett contract stuff from Ross Dellinger we'll get to in a little bit. Lane Kiffin taking shots at Jimbo Fisher. We'll get to that in a little bit. Lines, all that good stuff. But, 
Gotta bring up the new layer to the Michigan sign-stealing scandal. Reading from ESPN, Adam Rittenberg and Pete Thamel co-reported this story. The Athletic has actually found more pictures, and yes, I'll tell you what those pictures are here in a little bit. Central Michigan is investigating photos that show a man resembling Michigan Wolverine staff member Connor Stallions on its sideline for the September 1st season opener at Michigan State. That game was on Friday. Michigan played the next day, just 60 miles away for context. Athletic Director Amy Folan, in a statement to ESPN, said the school became aware of the photos late Monday. The man resembling Stallions is dressed in Central Michigan-issued gear and standing alongside several of the team's coaches while wearing a bench credential. That credential reads VB and appears to be designated for the visiting bench area, which is different from a usual sideline pass it gives access to the designated area between the 20s, which is exclusively reserved for players, coaches, trainers, and equipment staff. Schools are given a finite number of those passes for each game. Here's further AD quote. We are in the process of determining the facts surrounding them. As this process is ongoing, we have no further comment at this time. The Athletic found some more pictures of him on the sidelines, and uh, so so here's the thing: it looks just like him. It does now. Now Michigan fans are pulling up Central Michigan staff and saying, "Oh, well, it's actually this guy who looks kind of similar to him." It's Tuesday afternoon. They were alerted of the pictures on Monday. If it was one of their coaches, they would have cleared that air by now. Really? Like, hey, it's, Co- it's I, Coach I Johnson over say. here. It's it's him. Or, if good. it was anybody, if it was anybody connected to Central Michigan. They'd be like, that's Bob. You know, if it's a GA, an assistant, uh, a trainer, a manager, they'd be like, that, that's so-and-so. No, no worries. The fact that they haven't been able to do that yet is concerning. You know what that tells you? That it's is him. him. <laughs> that it's him. So, that, that there, you know what you have to do, though? You have to investigate Central Michigan. You have to. You, you, this, this, you have to expand this because how did he get on their sidelines? What did he know, and did he relay it to coaches? Now, there, uh, to this point, there appears to be no uh, video or picture evidence that he was talking to Central Michigan's coaches in any way. It's not like where at Michigan you clearly see him relaying signs to Michigan's coaches and changing the plays. That at this point, anyway, did not happen in the Central Michigan Michigan State game. That that has not happened yet. However, do you know who coaches Central Michigan? I do. Jim McElwain. And correct my memory, Jim McElwain has had two quarterbacks now that have been suspended for using performance-enhancing drugs, correct? Uh, I I, I only know of one off the top of my head, Will Greer. If there's another one, I'm not familiar. I believe there is another one at Central Michigan. I believe you. I believe you. And, I have no problem believing it. And, and I will fact check that. So for now, we use the word allegedly. But allegedly, this dude was on the sidelines, dressed as a Central Michigan coach, and he's got a board in his hand and he's taking notes, watching the Michigan State sideline <laughs> during their game on the season opener on the Friday night before his team played the next day. Yeah, I totally, I can buy it. I buy it. Sure. 
I mean, he's he's in disguise. He's got glasses on. Like the hat is really low, sitting on his face. But the 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 pictures the athletic has now, it's like okay, that's the guy. <sighs> it's 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 hard to believe that that it is, but it is. It is that this 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 is. I don't I don't know if this is the most salacious scandal in in NCAA football history. You know, I don't know that it is, but it is certainly the dumbest. <laughs> it is certainly the funniest, and but in reality, it may be the most widespread. We we have a we have a college football program that it appears has an espionage network. Not just one. This isn't just one guy. This is a network. Yeah. Of spies, like the CIA, all over you the know? country. I mean, do they all have a cyanide pill in their mouth? If they get caught, swallow it, say nothing. I've never seen anything like this. It really is something. How did he get on Central Michigan's sideline? And if Central Michigan allowed him to, they should get punished too. Yeah. This is so funny. I mean, he's wearing a disguise on the sidelines trying to get Michigan State signals. Uh, Harbaugh's a cheater, man. Or, well, no, he had no idea that this was going on. Of course not. We'll turn it back local when we start the 4 o'clock hour, though. A friend of the program, Ross Dellinger, had some reporting today, and, and there are some layers to it, so we will get to that involving Mississippi State when we come back. 601-879-4395 is the text line. Be a part of the show. We'd love to have you. We'll read some of those. We'll get to this and more with you as we start the next hour. More Sports Talk Mississippi. Now. Now. Let's ride. Working hate at it with you. Hour number two on this Tuesday, Halloween Tuesday. Great to be with you. We'll read some of your messages on the, the sign-stealing thing, the latest developments, and then we'll get into Ross's story. Somebody said, Not sure what I enjoy more, the never-ending layers to this sign-stealing drama or how much Borky enjoys the sign-stealing drama. I'm leaning towards Borky, though. I can't get enough of it. Every new development is funnier and more enjoyable than the last. I... I, I am addicted to the Michigan sign-stealing scandal. I can't get enough. It's incredible. It, it, it truly is something. Because you know, normally we get scandals, and they're the same scandals, right? Oh, they're paying players. Ah, uh, you know, coach did that. We've never had this. Never. We've never had this level of injury. What's the 30 for 30 like on this? I can't wait to see it. And it's the best team in America. This isn't just a nobody. That's the best, that's it's the the other best team in America, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Kelso, yes, and it's did. a team that that likes to portray itself mm-hmm. as above the fray, above the muck of college football. Nothing better than when the the uh, the snooty guy gets gets down in the muck. I love it, and they're down in it. Yes, Kelso, we do know James Madison is a no. Big question, guys, is how did the man obtain the credentials? That is the question. Did he pay somebody to borrow theirs? Or did somebody on Central Michigan staff say, you know what? Come on down. They they have got to I figure think, that out. 
I think that I think there was some money changing hands. I think he he got somebody who was credentialed, got to them, and gave them a couple hundred bucks for the credential. That would make the most sense. I mean, to issue that from Central Michigan, that that seems implausible, but you're also talking about a very implausibly seeming scandal from the jump. Uh, somebody said, like, Will Greer from the Florida Gators? Yes, and uh, he was coached by Jim McElwain, and I did confirm during the break that he has had a second quarterback under his uh, watch. Just, you know, I'm, I'm total coincidence, I'm sure, that the only two starting quarterbacks, at least, that, that made news that tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs were... Anyway, allegedly. Somebody says allegedly. they let him... It's just getting better is another one. Yeah, Ohio State was snapping plays from the huddle when they played Clemson. But when Dabo admitted to stealing signs, he, he was talking about doing it during the course of a game. And, and that's totally fine. If you got somebody up in the booth that is watching your opponent's signals during the game, they're like, hey, hey, when Coach X taps his head, it's a slant. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. This is different. It's just different. Very uh, different. Somebody says, I enjoyed listening to the Dabo Meltdown. Tyler uh, made that low-level staffer an offer he couldn't refuse. Second Godfather reference of the show. Yeah. Look up the money on his public Venmo from September 1st. (laughs) You know, I bet they do. I bet bet they do. Oh, they will. Yeah. But here's a good question. How did he get the coach's worn gear? In our theory, the person that he bribed. Hey, I need your hat here. Well, I mean, let me let me have a look here. But like, is this stuff that you couldn't just buy at the at the uh, at their their bookstore or whatever? I mean, it's just a it's just a some pretty simple pullover and a uh, a baseball cap. That's probably for sale at the Central Michigan bookstore. Mm-hmm. What could he learn on the Central Michigan sidelines he couldn't learn from the stands? I assume being closer and being able to listen to and hear the players make calls and stuff is of great benefit. I mean, you don't think that being on the sideline, you're that much fur, like closer, but man, row one to sidelines is a... Oh, a wide space. And who's a lot, say, it's a lot, yeah. And he could have had yeah. somebody in the stands too, also taking video. So you, you you take your notes from what you found on field level, and then you corroborate it with the guy that was videoing the sidelines the whole time. Yeah, wouldn't uh, surprise me at all. Let's turn the page though. Local uh, Ross Dellinger of Yahoo now did your typical because we get a lot of this this time of year. The the ten coaches on the hot seat and stuff like that. But the difference between when Ross does it and when Saturday Down South or whoever does it is Ross comes at it from a sourced perspective. I mean, we can do this again like we did a few weeks ago where we say Andy Staples is just making it up and pulling it out of his rear end and he knows nothing. And we can do that again with Ross. But now two of the most highly respected college football reporters have said the same thing. Zach Arnett did show up in this article from Yahoo, and this is what Ross Dellinger said about it. First of all, he said his buyout is... is By the way, three. three. There have been three hot seat articles written that have mentioned Zach Arnett. What's the third? Andy Staples 
Adam Rittenberg from ESPN, and now Ross Tellinger from Yahoo Sports. Another very highly respected college football reporter and Adam Rittenberg. Very much so. Those three guys don't get to where they are and do what they do by making stuff up. Uh, buy out $4.5 million. Here's the skinny, is what he says. Ornette is just eight games into a four-year, $12 million contract. Would they really make a move so soon? Remember that Mississippi State promoted Arnett without much of a search after the sudden passing of uh, former head coach Mike Leach. The move was rooted in retaining current players and recruiting commitments at a time when the school did not have an athletic director. Zach Zellman came aboard a few weeks later as State's AD. The Bulldogs are 4-4, four and four, and their only SEC win is that 7-3 victory in Fayetteville. I love how he frames that, that 7-3 victory, because nobody could forget that there was a game that ended... Unforgettable. 7-3. Arnett's contract is school-friendly, giving the program the ability to wiggle free of it for 50% of the remaining pay with mitigation language, which means if he'd get another gig, his new salary would reduce the buyout, and Zach Arnett is too highly coveted as a defensive mind to not get another job right away if he wanted to. Even if he didn't, that is still a very cheap buyout without him getting another job right away. You know, you think about buyouts, right? And you're like, wow, $4.5 million, that's, that seems like a lot of money. And then you think, oh, Jimbo Fisher might get $75 million. $4.5 million is chump change in the buyout world these days. Especially, again, if Zach Arnett were to lose his job as the head coach at Mississippi State, he would immediately become a very much in-demand defensive coordinator. And Mississippi State, their administration had the foresight to put that mitigation clause in there so that if he gets a job paying him a million dollars a year, that they don't have to pay him that million dollars. So, I mean, you think about Zach Arnett, West Coast guy, right? I mean, Lincoln Riley's going to call him, isn't he? He's available. You would think so. So he'll get a job. He'll get a job. And Mississippi State will be on the hook for less money. So uh, there's still eight games left. He could beat Kentucky this weekend. He he could beat Ole Miss could. and Southern Miss and and uh, this would obviously be a conversation that is that is not worth your time. But when now I thought you it was look just back two. on it and laugh. When, when now three different people have reported and said what they have said, it, it is it is very clear that there is some level of merit to it, and and there is probably going to be. Uh, some local spin to say, no, not at all, not even thinking about it. Well, here's uh, if I know anything about Zach Selman, he strikes me as brilliant. Now, in interviews, he's mastered the art of saying a lot with with very little, but from gathering uh, whatever I can from what people say about him and and decisions he makes and, and stuff like that, he appears to be brilliant. And a brilliant athletic director is not doing nothing if he anticipates the possibility of making that decision. He's too smart for that. Oh, they're just going to sit on their hands and, "Eh, no, we'll see. There's no reason to to start anything yet. Unfortunately, there is reason to at least look and have a plan if you have to make a very difficult decision. So I don't know. I mean, I, I guess that's splitting hairs, but um, the idea that Ross and Andy and Adam are just pulling this out of nowhere and there is no line of thinking at Mississippi State at all that this is going to happen right now, mm-hmm. there is nothing logically that tells you that that is the case, frankly.
Right. Yeah. I mean, again, and I, I need to reiterate this for everybody. That nobody is saying that Zach Selman is calling these writers and being like, hey, you want to float this for me? I'd appreciate it. Nope. That's not happening. But people know people, and people know people, and people know people, and those people know things. And so maybe it's a third-party source, but there are people who know things. And so, like you mentioned, Staples, Rittenberg, and Dellinger, they didn't just wake up one morning, throw some stuff on the wall, and all of a sudden they became one of the, you know, one of the top college football writers out there. They know how to source things, and they don't write things unless they're sourced. So you, you can believe what you want. This is America. It's America, Borky. Yes, it is. But you, you, you would be ill-advised to bet against those guys knowing what they know. There's some more layers to this. We'll get to those. We'll get to some of your messages when we come back. 601-879-4395, the ceasefire text on. You want to be a part of the show. They're kind of filling up, so we'll get to some of yours when we come back. Number one for sports talk. Anyone? 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 Come on, don't be shy. Sports talk, Mississippi. Bingo, man, bingo. Super talk, Mississippi. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight for my monster from his slab began to rise and suddenly to my surprise Porky and Haydad with you so continuing on this conversation in case you're just joining us uh, Ross Dellinger of Yahoo Sports included Zach Arnett in a coaches on the hot seat with buyout language and stuff like that the third such article so far this year, a bunch of your texts came in about it, so we'll get to some of those right now. First one is, the Zach Arnett hire resembles the Matt Luke hire at Ole Miss to you. In fairness to Mississippi State, there was very little they could have. I mean, they, 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 it, that is an unprecedented spot that they were in without an athletic director. Coach tragically passes away. And you were extremely late in the cycle, too. Because there's that one person that said State should have hired Coach Prime when they had the chance. They didn't have the chance. He was already at Colorado. I mean, that's how late in the process all of this happened. I, I don't yeah. blame them for making the decision that they did. I could not possibly. Hindsight is twenty twenty on that, man. I, at the time, it was, this is practical. There's no AD. It, it, it makes sense continuity-wise, stuff like that. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But this is an unprecedented situation you can't do the hindsight and be like, well, Mark Keenum's an idiot for doing this. No, he's not. Nobody could have handled that situation, quote-unquote, well. Their coach passed away. I mean, what do you do with that? There's really nothing you can do with that. Nothing good, air quotes, anyway. Right. right. The only thing you could do is is throw, sort of throw your hands up in the air and say, look, in this day and age of the transfer portal, this class isn't that big a deal. And you just tell those kids like, we're gonna figure it out, but you, you have to sign, and you, you may, you, if you don't like the next the next coach, you can transfer. But that, and, and if you do, we'll just have to hit the transfer portal really hard. But at the at the moment in time that this happened, I I felt like this was the right decision. I still I still 
in hindsight, knowing what I know now, still say, at that moment in time, that was the right decision. Now that we know what the contract says, especially. Right. I mean, yeah. Matt Luke got a fully guaranteed contract without a mitigation clause. He got to go to Georgia and make a million bucks a year as the offensive line coach, and Ole Miss still had to pay him every dime. Shout out Ross Bjork for, uh, for that one. We get this message. If State fired Arnett after one season, what head coach would want to go to State knowing administration will fire you after one lackluster year? That, that is a fair question. It's, it's, a, it's, it's fair, especially because Moorhead was two and out, and, and Arnett could possibly be one and out. It is absolutely a fair question. It, it is. that They will have to but, open the bank account, I mean, depending that, on who it is. That's what it is right there. It's who would want to do it? Somebody who's making a million five that wants to make five million. I mean, it's pretty simple mathematics there. They, they will hire. I mean, you know, I my one of my state fan friends has repeatedly texted me about Lance Leopold. I'm here to tell you that's not happening. So you, you can't go two and Q Mike Leach one and Q and hire a guy like Lance Leopold. So that 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 kind of candidate's not going to be on your list, not realistically. But you can't afford to live in purgatory in this era. I mean, you never really could. I know it's one year, and I know what kind of message that sends. I understand, if it does happen. But let's pretend for a second that Mississippi State loses to Kentucky this weekend. And they lose to Texas A&M, and they beat Southern Miss, and they lose the Egg Bowl, and they finish the season 5-7. and seven, Which, the odds makers will probably tell you that that's... Not probably. They're telling you that's what's going to happen. Yeah, that's that's how it's going to go. Yeah, and you lose a great portion of your roster because of eligibility issues, and I assume fundraising for NIL is going to be quite difficult in that spot. Should you retain him? Now, you, you, mm-hmm. you know they don't have zero dollars in the collective, but when everybody else is raising money off of momentous good seasons or new coaches, you, you won't have that. Uh, the recruiting class is quite bad at the moment. Maybe that'll change, but at the moment, it's not good enough. And, I mean, how many season ticket renewals are you going to have? How many people are going to buy into your program not next year? And so, yeah. if that's how this ends, and that's an if, they could beat Kentucky this weekend, we're having a totally different conversation, but if that is how this ends in this era where everything happens so much faster and you can get buried so much faster... You can't afford not to. You cannot afford to live in purgatory with lacking fan interest and lacking money to acquire talent to, to help alleviate your current issues. Rebuilds don't take three years anymore. They, they take one and a half. Year one should be forgiven in normal circumstances at most places. But Auburn fans are already impatient with you, Freeze. Already. Because you can go get a quarterback tomorrow. If they do make a change, priority one for new coach is quarterback, right? But what high-level transfer quarterback is going to be looking at Mississippi State this offseason? I hate to put it so frankly, but... If nothing changes, if there's no material change, they're going to get the backup quarterback at Texas to, to come transfer to state. No, well, I think that guy's. Yeah. I, I, everything you're saying is correct, but, you know, 
I think Selma knows all these things. Mm-hmm. So that's that's not that's not a huge issue here. You know, obviously the season has to play out, and nobody's going to say, nobody's going to sit there and tell anybody, oh yeah, we're going to make a change at four and four with with four games left to play. That's not how this works. But it's foolish to assume otherwise that Zach Selman this week isn't, you know, putting a log on the fire and letting the smoke signals get out there. It's it's foolish to assume that. So, from from my perspective, State's going to play out these next four games, and then. Friday after the Egg Bowl, you know, obviously I think you know we'll talk about the game, but we might have something else to talk about on that day if it goes the way that we're talking about it going. And if not that day, certainly by Monday, I would think we will have something to talk about. Because you're, the, the main thing you said is you can't afford to fall behind. You're about to be in a 16-team uh, SEC. And the landscape of college football, it seems like it, it changes every five minutes. You don't want to ever be on the outside looking in. You don't want to be them to be looking at the SEC going, we can do without Mississippi State. You got it, you gotta stay relevant. And if State can't do that, then they're gonna be in, in huge trouble. So yeah, I, I'm I'm not too overly concerned that if things go get away from Mississippi State here at the end of the season, which I think they will, then a decision will have to be made at the end of the season. Terry says, come on, guys, give him a break. There are still several games to play this season, and you're trashing him like it's a foregone thing that he is fired. Haydad's probably going to be highly unliked by Arnett. Well, I don't mean to speak for Haydad, but that's not his job anyway. I I don't care. I don't care if Arnett likes me. I like Arnett. We've had conversations off the record. He's a nice enough guy. That's not my job. My job is to come on this radio station and tell and this network and tell you the truth about what I feel is going on at Mississippi State. All right, I don't care if this guy who I don't work for and who doesn't control anything that has to do with my employment likes me or not. Simple as that. So when I hear stuff, people when I hear fans like, "Oh, the coach not going to like you," it's not like he and I are going out for beers every night anyway. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. And without knowing him personally, I kind of feel like he would understand that the, the the criticism here. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But uh, Terry, the the thing is, this is what you get paid millions of dollars to deal with as as a head coach. Kind of like the the thing with Dabo. I mean, we're not trashing his character either. It's just the team has underperformed relative to expectations. They look like they're not competitive. Recruiting is not going well. Those things are are undeniable, and and that's even though he's one of the lowest paid coaches, possibly the lowest paid coach in the SEC. It's three million dollars a year, and if it's not going well, you gotta have you're, you're gonna have to wear the criticism. And we would be doing a really really boring show that wouldn't have any sponsors or listeners if our only take on this was. Well, we'll see how the season plays out. Hey, let's preview Ole Miss Texas A&M. Well, we'll see how it plays out. Who knows? What do we do with the other two hours and fifty nine minutes of the show every Abs- day? Absolute, absolute coin flip. You know, just could win, they could lose. We'll see. Yeah. But this is what state fans are talking about. I've looked at all the message boards. I've talked to my state fan friends that I have, and John down the street. Nobody wants to talk about the Kentucky game. I mean, not a single state fan that I've, that I've interacted with is like, hey, what do you think about the Kentucky game? It's 
you think they're going to make a move? We got to have the conversations that you guys are having. We will talk about Kentucky. We got a Kentucky beat writer coming on tomorrow. We will talk about the game itself for the rest of the week. But when this thing kind of comes out, we've got to talk about it. I mean, it's it's reality facing Mississippi State right now, and and the idea that they would punt a, a football season to have money to pay a baseball coach's buyout is the goofiest thing I've ever heard. But anyway, six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. We'll get to more of your texts when we come back. More sports talk, Mississippi. Hey, let's go time. Sports Talk Mississippi. Well, say something. Super Talk Mississippi. How many of you can see that music video right now as you're driving in your car or listening at work? I mean, a classic. There's one right here, yeah. This is when music videos peaked, right? Everything was downhill from here. Now we don't even watch them anymore. Not even a thing. They, they, don't, they don't even exist anymore, yeah. Forky and Hayden at 601-879-4395. Long story short, summarizing what we were just going over, I mean, I think it's abundantly clear that Zach Arnett is coaching for his job uh, over the next four weeks. Can he get two? If he gets two and goes back to a bowl game, is it that simple, Haydad? Or is it if he gets two and one of them is not Ole Miss, it's still... I think six and six may not be enough because they've just played so poorly, and I mean the recruiting's not where you want it to be. They they don't look competent on either side of the ball, especially on defense, which is where you thought with Zach Arnett and the amount of returning starters they had that they would be okay. That you you if this this season had been a struggle because the offense wasn't working, you could you could probably pin that on a lot of things. But defense being bad doesn't make doesn't work with when you're when you hire a defensive head coach. Yeah, so. I, I don't know that six and six is is a safe bet. Yeah, you can't let the Kentucky game, just throwing that one out there, be the difference in, in salvaging a job or not. Well, beat Kentucky. Nope, that that can't be part of your your conversation either. And and you know it's how it happens here. Looking like this and and having your only SEC win to this point be a seven to three win, and then turning around and losing to Ole Miss at home. It's very hard for a coach to overcome. Yeah. And here's the crux of it. Back-to-back messages. Jeff and Grenada. My initiative renewal is November. I changed it to manual until I see if a change happens. Uh, We got another one. Um, Oh, he texted again. I missed it. But uh, it, it was... Shoot, hey, Dad, where did it go? I lost it. Anyway, oh, here it is. Borky, you are I, right. I if we bring back Arnett, tickets, I yeah. will not renew season tickets. That's Ryan and Madison. That's yeah. the kind of stuff that they have to consider here. That's and what they have to think of. Those people, those people are out there, and they're, but there are also the same people who will, it doesn't matter if Mississippi State's playing football, they're going to buy tickets. 
But we've talked about this before. Mississippi State football right now, it's just not exciting, right? You're not attracting the casual fan. You're not attracting the bandwagon fan, the sidewalk alumni. And say what you want, those are the lifeblood of programs, right? Why is Alabama the biggest program in the SEC? Because they have the highest percentage of fans who didn't ever attend Alabama as a student. That's what that's what the people who buy your T-shirts. Those are the people who you know fill your stadiums week in and week out. So, state has to look at that. And when I think about their 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 next, if they do move on from Arnett, I think they have to go proven head coach. They can't go coordinator. They have to get somebody who's run a program before. And you you have to go offense. You can't go back to defense. You have to get an offensive guy in there who runs a, a more exciting style. You know, to to come to compete. To, to, for viewers, I mean, I talk about this sometimes. People get mad, but like, it is an entertainment business, right? This is that's what this is about. You know, you're 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 supposed to be an entertaining project product. And right now, nothing about Mississippi State football is entertaining. Watching those games, that's a hard watch. You know, there's not a lot of people who are stay stay in tune for four quarters of Mississippi State football right now. You know, I do because I have to. Trust me. <laughs> These past couple of weekends, if I could have gotten away with just watching the first couple quarters and saying, ah, I'll check the box score later, I would have. But yeah. so state's, state's got a lot of things to figure out in these next couple of months. Uh, other names in this article from Ross, he mentions uh, Harlan Bennett, which is uh, he's the interim coach at, at Michigan State, claims that the, uh, the school is accelerated their coaching search for, uh, over the last couple of weeks. There was some candidates like Pat Narduzzi, but his Pittsburgh team is quite bad this year. Washington State's coach, they're on a four-game losing streak. Jonathan Smith from Oregon State, he's 23-11 and in his last 34 at Oregon State. Here's the issue, he's an alum, though. Now, I know their conference situation is what it is, but can you pull an alum away from Oregon State? Also mentions Mike Elko, Jason Candle at Toledo. That's kind of what your candidate list is is going to be looking like for Michigan State. I mean, maybe Lance Leopold as well. He doesn't mention him, though. There's probably a reason for that. Uh, Northwestern mentions Willie Fritz uh, at Northwestern. That would be a heck of a hire if they could pull that off somehow. That's interesting, yeah. Uh, Neil Brown possibly saving his job here. There was uh, there's some people talking about the possibility of Rich Rod making a reunion up there in uh, in Morgantown, but Neil Brown could possibly be saving his job. Thirteen million dollar buyout does mention Jim Harbaugh at Michigan because of uh, well the obvious here. But here's what's interesting: the NFL uh, leaked to their reporters that uh, the league would not serve as a, quote, safe harbor, end quote, for him to escape NCAA sanctions. He could still get a crack at a few jobs, though, but there is precedent for that. Jim Trussell was uh, offered a six-game suspension by the NFL after his players sold their own stuff in exchange for a little bit of cash and free tattoos. I love that, though. because People were comparing it to Pete Carroll. And, well, if the NFL let Pete Carroll do it, they need to let Jim Harbaugh do it. Pete Carroll's program gave money to Reggie Bush. The NFL could not possibly care less about a player getting paid. Jim Harbaugh's program has been caught in a more elaborate every single day cheating the game scandal. They don't take too kindly to people that cheat the actual game. Money doesn't bother the NFL. They couldn't care less. Reggie Bush got paid. So what? Pete Carroll's program paid Reggie Bush. 
don't care. That's literally our business model. You cheat the game? Can't trust you in this league right away. I actually think that right. the NFL is completely justified in not just wanting to welcome him on in and possibly suspending him or not allowing teams to hire him in this cycle. I think that's totally justified. I agree. I agree with you 100%. I mean, that you, you, this is something we talk about sometimes with like the NCAA. Right? You know, a coach leaves a school and there's scandal coming, but he goes to another job and a better job, and he leaves the, the fallout behind, and he's taking another job. Yeah. There's got to be some safeguards for that. So if the NFL is actually going to do that, I, I would actually, believe it or not, say uh, kudos to the NFL. Mentions Daniel Holgerson. His buyout is $15 million. Mentions Sam Pittman. He's having a hard time getting exact buyout numbers. It's between 11 and $16 million. Based on the language in his contract, Ross says, if his season is below 500, the school owes him 50% of remaining pay. If he's at or above 500, the school owes him 75% of the pay. So Arkansas... <laughs> Arkansas can fire. I mean, their their buyout language is based on his last record. I mean, that's kind of smart. Smart contracting, isn't it? That's as close to you know fired for cause because he's a terrible coach as I've ever heard. Here's uh, his line about Jimbo Fisher buyout seventy plus million dollars. He said money isn't an issue at Texas AM, but will school administrators and mega boosters spend it to fire a coach they've invested so much in? The final price tag with staff buyouts and a new head coach and staff could exceed one hundred and twenty five million dollars. Six ninety nine a gallon. Can't wait. <laughs> But what's the mileage rate for us going to be on that one? I can't wait to get $4 a mile. <laughs> At that point, I'd be like, yeah, remotes, let's do them. I'm buying a bike is what I'm doing. <laughs> I can't be on the next two-day show because our remote in uh, South Haven, i got to get on the road now. <laughs> uh, it'd be cheaper uh. than a full tank of gas at that point. Syracuse, yeah. Dino Babers, eight to nine million dollar buyout, possible that he's gone. And then his last one is Tom he's Allen gone. at Indiana. Uh, but the, he's the gone. issue but he with he's Allen, got a big big buyout. Twenty million dollars for Tom Allen at Indiana. Twenty million to get one good season. One good season. He with a transcendental quarterback who he immediately transfers out, and now he's terrible again. Like, hey, this is why we talk about NIL. Like. It's pretty obvious the players are the ones worth the money, guys. Nine times out of ten. Of course, we get the inevitable uh, question here. What schools will Kiffin's name be tied to after this season? Uh, among the jobs that are going to come open at the moment, possibly none. Yeah. Like the jobs I like him for, like Florida, be a great, that'd be a good fit. But I don't know that's going to come open this year. Um now, unless Florida does what I have suggested and go steal Steve Sarkeesian, in which case Texas would be a job that I would connect Lane Kiffin to. Um, doesn't look like Chip Kelly's getting fired at UCLA. No, they're having a good year. Um, yeah. So, so I don't know. Possibly a much quieter November. He's, uh, he's sure. not a Michigan man. Speaking of Lane Kiffin, he took some shots at Jimbo yesterday. I'll let you hear him when we come back.
place for crazy people. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you at Sports Talk Mississippi. So, Ole Miss, Texas A&M this weekend. And as the years have passed with Lane Kiffin being the head coach at Ole Miss, it has been made abundantly clear that he does not exactly respect the coaching ability of Jimbo Fisher. Now, he spent the entire press conference yesterday telling his team and all of his fans, uh, they are uber-talented, it's an NFL team, they should be a top-five team in the country, but they're not, but they should be, because they have athletic freaks all over the field. He anticipates a uh, just a, a dogfight on Saturday, it is abundantly clear. However, the subtlety of the shots he took at Jimbo, I put them together, there's four of them, the second one is the best, but... I'll play them for you now. It's not going to sound like much to you if you're not aware of uh, the... I don't know if relationship is the right word, but uh, here's a a super cut, if you will, of Lane reminding everybody that they have not been schemed well over the last few years because one Jimbo Fisher was the play caller. Better personnel than a year ago collection, and a lot of those young guys are a year older. And they're obviously way better schematically on offense. Is it possible that kind of his guys rally around him, play even maybe a little bit harder for him? Uh, I don't know that. I mean, I think people said he was on the hot seat last year, so I don't know that the rally around player thing works. Um, their schematical change this year. Um, they present a lot more challenges than before, and and now it's even harder than it was the last two years to beat them because now they have Bobby Bobby Petrino running the offense. So that second one is is the one when he was asked about Jimbo being on the hot seat and are you wondering if they're going to rally around the coach to try to save his job and what he said was essentially well he was on the hot seat last year and they still sucked so no that clearly doesn't work <laughs> Also used, instead of acquiring talent or recruiting, he kept using the phrase collecting talent. And that's not by accident. He was just jab, little jab, little jab, little jab, little jab. Well, Bobby's here. They're way better because the scheme's better because Bobby's here now over and over and over again. That wasn't even all of them. But I didn't want to bore you. I I was enthralled. I thought anytime a coach is taking cheap shots on another coach, Sign me up. Fair or foul? Fair. Fair. Chimbo Fisher has made comments about Lane as well, so it's not like it's not like this is just going one direction here. That is true, and you know it'd be different because I, I was reading some reaction and uh, talked to a couple people just kind of like, hey, what do you think about Lane doing this? And then one person was like, well, he did it to Saban, and we saw how that worked out. And my response is, he's done this to Jimbo, too, and he hadn't lost to him yet. I don't know. This is, yeah. this is the He can same get away with it with does. Jimbo. Yeah. Yeah. should leave Saban out, out of your mouth, but you, should, you can take shots at Jimbo. Somebody says, the comment about Jimbo just trying to make a bowl game was chef's kiss. Yeah, I... <laughs> He was asked about 
you know, elevating the program and you know, winning games and and being at this level and with the chance to go back to an access bowl and all that. And he was like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. that they have that kind of talent, and they say they're just trying to make a bowl game, so <laughs> we can ruin Gosh. that. <laughs> Oof, Lane, he's not fooling around. Oh man, I like it. I like it. I do too. For this game, I do. Now you got to go beat them though, because they can turn around and clown you. Uh, if if you lose right. this game, uh, but I, right. I do think through the trolling, as I said yesterday, there there are some Ole Miss fans. I don't know how many, but there are some Ole Miss fans that are just like, "Yep, A and M W, Georgia next, let's go." And it's like, you you might be surprised with how close this game is is possibly going to be. Anyway, their strength directly counters. What I think is your biggest weakness. Ole Miss does not has not protected particularly well. They didn't this past Saturday, and A and M can get after the quarterback. You you might have two offenses that struggle for four quarters in this game. I, I don't think that's going to be the case, but it could be. I guess I don't think that'll be the case. Yeah, you, you're expecting Ole Miss to kind of put the death nail in the Jimbo Fisher tenure. I just, I, I, yeah, I haven't I hadn't thought about it like that, but maybe. I, I don't expect Ole Miss to lose, I'll put it that way. I expect him to win. It would end up being a letdown. Even though you know it's only a three point line. We'll get to that here when we come back, but um there's a lot of opportunity in uh, in front of this team to accept Ending up anything less than at this point because they're going to be favored in all but one, 10 and 2. I mean, you can certainly, in hindsight, be like, well, they won nine games in what was supposed to be a rebuilding year, replace a coordinator, like, very, very good season, like, without a doubt. But as as you sit right now, seeing them drop to a game to either AM or Mississippi State at this moment would be a, a real disappointment considering what they have been. Uh, to this point. So, we will see. 601-879-4395 is the text line. 601-879-4395. It's Lines Tuesday. We'll get to those when we come back. If it's happening in Mississippi sports, you'll hear about it first, right here. Sports Talk Mississippi. Happy Halloween, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad with you on this Tuesday, this Halloween Tuesday. A little chilly out there, bring your coats. I know it's going to be difficult to get the little ones to keep them on with their costume, but you got to keep them uh, got to keep them cool. It is going to be cool and the wind's blowing as well. So try your best to uh, to have fun tonight, be safe out there. We appreciate you and we want you to uh, be here with us tomorrow. A teenager in my neighborhood I hope he got arrested, uh, but I know he was caught by the local police department flying, flying through our neighborhood. I mean, just being a you-know-what and uh, ended up getting caught based on the speed and the night and, and all that. 
I sure hope that he was at least thrown into the tank for, for a night to, to strike a little fear into him. So, anyway, don't That's be that guy. Been. Don't let your kids be that uh, guy. Anyway, 6 year one 4395 is the text line. It's time right now for the college football fix driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. I saw my neighbor who drives an F-150 putting some hay in the bed. I assume he's going to have some little ones sitting and doing the uh, the truck riding. The uh, the lazy way to trick or treat. Instead of uh, making the kids walk the neighborhood, they get to ride in the bed of an F-150. One of the best-selling trucks in America for almost five decades. I mean, how could you not want to ride in the back of one of those things on Halloween? Spend some time at your local Mississippi Ford dealer test driving one today. All right, lines. Lines Tuesday, looking at the games this weekend. And let's start, hey, Dad, with AM Ole Miss. We just talked about it, so let's continue on a little bit. Are you surprised to see that the Aggies are only a three-point underdog in this one? And that, and that line has dropped since it came out, right? It, it started out, I think, five and a half, right? So, yeah, I am surprised by that. I mean, I, I agree with what you said earlier about what A&M is good at is what can bother Ole Miss. But I feel like with the home crowd and the way that the, the Ole Miss is playing right now and the fact that Kiffin just seems to have Jimbo's number, I you know, and that, granted now I'm, I'm playing on some uh, some intangibles there, but the tried and true and tested hey dad three-pronged prediction system, who has the better coach? Ole Miss. Who has the better quarterback? Ole Miss. Where is the game being played? Ole Miss. Why would I pick against Ole Miss? I feel like they'll win by double digits. We've already said it on this show, so it's not a jinx because it's already come out. Uh, it's been over two years since Texas A&M has won a road game. Yeah. That's unfathomable. Yeah, it really is. They need to schedule a road game. If they don't win one this year, they need to get like a, an FCS team. We'll, we'll come to you just to break the streak. <laughs> Texas A&M traveling to uh, North Florida this week. We get this message, wrong team favored. A&M wins outright. Possible. I don't, I don't know about that. Uh, I mean, Ole Miss is, and he could just be playing games. I don't think so, though. Um, Kiffin appears to expect a, a challenge here. And, uh, you know, mention the... A&M defensive line versus the Ole Miss offensive line protecting Dart. At least for Ole Miss on the flip side, uh, they should have success getting after Max Johnson. He's not particularly elusive in the pocket, kind of a statue. Doesn't uh, doesn't have great pocket mechanics, it appears. Uh, takes a lot of hits and sacks that a better quarterback probably wouldn't. So at least there's that. If a and is going to be able to get after you, you should be able to get after them as, uh, as well. Mississippi State, a three-and-a-half-point underdog to Kentucky at home. I mean, with the way State's playing right now, I, you, know, you would think that Kentucky might be a bigger favorite. I think what plays into people's uh, thoughts, though, is that Stoops has been a terrible road coach in his time at Kentucky. He has never beaten an SEC West team on the road. Uh, the road team in this series is winless since 2014. Kentucky has not won in Starkville since 2008. It has been a long time. And these are two teams that play each other every year. This is not like a 
know, Florida hasn't won in since 2018. They haven't played there. So there's a lot of history playing that you make you think State could win this game. These two are these aren't two very good teams, but the way State plays defense right now, I just can't see them keeping Kentucky out of the end zone. And I don't see State being offensively able to keep up, so I would take Kentucky and I'd, I'd give you those points. What kind of crowd are we looking at? Yeah, it's interesting because you know they're doing the, the '98 uniforms this week, and they're they're celebrating the 1998 team. Uh, Coach Cheryl will be there along with a lot of the great players from that team. Um, so you would think that might be a draw, and it is a night game, and the weather should be. I mean, it's going to be chilly, but it's not cold. Football weather. <sighs> Yeah, real football, football weather, weather. I, 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 not 28 degrees and sleeting football weather, the real kind. So, I mean, I, I think around 40,000 is probably what I'm saying, which is not a great crowd. That's 20,000 empty seats. But, I mean, I just can't I can't see it being much bigger than that. If they had won this past weekend, it might be different, but they didn't. So. No, they, uh, they did not. Uh, how about this random game this weekend? Uh, again, I think these should be illegal at this point in the season, they should get all of their non-conference games by the end of October. UConn, with their one win, is in Knoxville this weekend as five touchdowns plus one point underdogs. So Tennessee is uh, they're playing really well right now. Uh, they, they they did they just had a good game against you know they beat A and M they beat. Uh, Kentucky this past weekend, Milton is starting to figure some things out. He, he's obviously not the player that we thought he could become, but he's become a, a competent player. UConn's just not very good this year, which is crazy. They were they were decent last year, as I recall, in, in their conference, or, or and they got to a bowl game, I think. Uh, but that said, yeah, it's a lot of points. I think Tennessee will get there, though. I would take, I will give you the points on that one. Arkansas, this could be a a submission for what we're going to do at 520. Arkansas, only a six-point underdog at Florida. Yeah, but Florida's not any good either. And and it's just one of those things like who stinks less? It's definitely Florida. They definitely stink less. I would give you the points again. This is a good weekend for favorites, I think, except for one that stands out. We'll, We'll discuss that, I'm sure, at some point. But... Uh, this, uh, this, if you ask me, this is Florida's last win of the year. Their next three, as I said on yesterday's show, are, are LS, at LSU, at Missouri, and then Florida State at home. So enjoy your last one there, Gators. I think you'll get a big one over the Hogs, who are probably in the tank at this point. And that will end the Sam Pittman era, I think. Go to Florida and lose. Guarantee you're not making a bowl game. I think at that point, you're uh, you're done. But we shall see. Yeah. The battle for who gets to call themselves the Gamecocks. That's a long name. I don't know if it'll fit on a trophy, and what an interesting choice for a trophy that that would be. I mean, we could borrow the Sanderson Farms Championship one, I guess. But either way, we could. Jacksonville State, a 15-and-a-half-point underdog, 7-2 and two Jacksonville State, at South Carolina. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll talk about that one in, the, in, in a few minutes. We'll talk about that one here uh, in five minutes from right now. Oh, stinks. Uh, the odds makers loved what they saw from Georgia this past weekend. Identical line, but it's Missouri at Georgia, a 15-and-a-half point underdog. 
this could go one of two ways, right? Either it's going to be a super close game and Missouri's really going to make them sweat, or we're right in that Georgia has decided to go ahead and start playing, and they're just going to blow out everybody else for the rest of the way. I tend to lean Missouri's a pretty decent team. They can keep, they can play with them a little bit. I, that's a lot of points. I'll, I'll, I, this is one where I'll take the points. Yeah, in, in Georgia, even in the Florida game, and I know what the first half score was, but Georgia didn't get off to a great start again. They, they are not a great first quarter team. If you can find like a, a Georgia first quarter uh, point spread line, then that might be where you start betting this season. They, they turn it on when they have to, but uh, they haven't come out of the gates with the exception of Kentucky. Um, hot, really, this season. Auburn, on the road at Vanderbilt, 12.5 is all Auburn is favored uh, on the road in Nashville. But yeah, it's not like Auburn's this great team. Getting twelve and a half point, given given twelve and a half points on the road means you're pretty good. You know, I mean, or it says something about the other team you're playing. I wouldn't bet this game under any circumstances. But if you made me pick, I would I would give all give you the points. I mean, this has nothing to do with Hugh Freeze's existence at Auburn. Although this, it would help a little. Auburn going to Vanderbilt and losing would make me laugh to the point where my stomach would hurt. <laughs> it would be something. I would die. It really would I, be. I, 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 don't, I would just cackle. I don't, I don't see it happening, though. I just don't see it happening. Me either. I, I do not. 6 year one 4395 is the text line. We uh, have to get, our, get to our fishy line of the week when we come back, and then we'll look at the rest of the big games this weekend in college football as we do every Tuesday with the lines. I'm Borky, he's Hey Dad, and the Pearl River Resort Studio. Don't go anywhere. Belly to belly, a zombie jumbo, reason the chorus. Back to back of belly to belly, but I don't give a damn. I'm stoned and already. Back to back of belly to belly, a zombie jumbo, Best. The best sports talk in the state. It's the best thing. Say that again. We the best on three. One, two, three. We the best. Sports talk Mississippi. Super talk Mississippi. By the way, I haven't mentioned it today. The college football playoff rankings will come out for the first time this year tonight. So we have a lot of things to be angry about. Richard will tell us, ah, who cares? But we're going to talk about it tomorrow. Not all sort of self out. Well, you're no fun, man. 601-879-4395 is the text line. Before we get back to some of the games, let's do our fishy line of the week. Yeah, that's brought to you by the good folks over at PTG Outdoors who want to, you know, they're asking if you're ready for winter. I don't know if you've been outside today. The world's ready for winter. It's winter. It's getting close to winter. It's cold outside. So you need to be there, and they are ready to help you. Remember, they're just the messenger. They know it's tough when you put that boat up for the last time and you realize, man, that's that's the last time I'm going out this year. But that day, if it hasn't come already, it's going to come soon. Call to book your spot on their schedule to get your boat or RV winterized to avoid costly repairs later, and you can use our promo code SPORTSTALK for a 10% discount. Locations in Grenada and Greenville, and one coming soon to Tuscaloosa, PTG Outdoors, and you can check them out online, ptgoutdoors.com. They are the sponsors of our fishy line of the week. And, Borky, you've already, we've already brought mine to the forefront. 
In what world is South Carolina good enough to be a 15.5-point favorite over anyone, let alone a pretty good group of five team in Jacksonville State? I'm not going to be totally shocked as as injury-riddled as South Carolina is if they just lose the game. Now, I'm not going to go tell you that wrong team is favored, but, man, I can't see South Carolina winning this game by by 15, and a, 15 16 points. No. This will be a close game, closer than anybody wants it to be. Yeah, that's that's the one for me. That, that line stinks to high heaven. I think if South Carolina loses this game for the next 365 days, we should refer to them as the chickens. You lose the right to be the called the Gamecocks game when you lose to the Jacksonville State Gamecocks. You're the chickens. Yeah, Baseball, right. basketball, everything. Jacksonville it's State. The, the chickens. Jacksonville State, they know a thing or two about going into an SEC stadium and pulling off an upset. That ha- that has happened before. I wish Richard was here. I wish he was here. He'd be mad. Mine is Kansas State at Texas. I know Texas is without Quinn Ewers, but they are at home against Kansas State and only favored by four points. Hmm. Somebody thinks Kansas State's going into DKR and winning. That's what that says to me. Yeah, I mean that's that's a low line. A really, small I saw an interesting line for stat a today. Texas home game that Texas is one of the worst teams in college football in red zone touchdowns. They like when they get in the red zone, they struggle to put it in the end zone. And Kansas State is a, I think, third nationally in red zone touchdown allowed. So I mean, again, strength on strength on weakness here. Kansas State and Kansas State's not going to be afraid. They won the Big Twelve last year. You know they're the defending Big Twelve champions. This is their title that's up for for grabs. So, yeah, I, I can I can get behind this. Although I will say, you've had you haven't the Kansas school haven't done well with you. You, you missed on Kansas just a couple weeks ago. Now you're taking their other one. But they did beat Oklahoma. I was you know wrong departing Big Twelve team. Somebody said. Uh, we're we're almost sixty days away from winter. Just saying, buddy. The low's thirty three tomorrow. Winter's here. I don't I don't care what the calendar says. Yeah. It's winter when it's thirty three degrees outside. We've gotten a couple of these. Uh, one from Mike in Oxford. Mike also said wrong team favored, but another one. Notre Dame minus three, or we we got one that said also minus four. It is three at least what I'm looking at. Ooh, that one stinks that's as one. well. That's that's one for sure. That you should you can keep an eye on. Yeah, I, I, it feels like Clemson is on the. Ver- Are we going to get to South Carolina versus Clemson with two five and six teams? Just like the old days. Uh, is that what we're, we're looking at? Just like the old days, the Palmetto Bowl returning to its former glory. They had one of the I'm greatest just, on-field mean, fights. I mean, I know the Eagles got a couple, but who boy. Well, I mean, that one was so bad that South Carolina declined a bowl uh, invitation. There's a great picture of some uh, one of the uh, players getting stomped, just like legit stomped. Yeah. So South Carolina, they'll win this week, right? So they are what? They're they're two and six on the year. They are. Ah, they can't. They not, not. They can't win five. They, they're not going to win their next three. They'll they'll beat. They'll beat Jacksonville State, and I think they'll beat Vanderbilt. But then they have to play. They have to play Kentucky. Now they do get them at home. 
They'd have to win those three to get to five and six. I'm Clemson, not so sure they're beating Vanderbilt at this point. I, well, it is, it's in Carolina, though. That helps. Mm. Clemson is four and four. They'll lose this week to go to four and five. Then they have Georgia Tech and then North Carolina. North Carolina, who has fallen apart here at the end. Uh, might be only one of those teams uh, going to be six I saw and six that earlier. North Carolina has seven home losses as double-digit favorites in the last four years. That is an incredible stat. Two of them happened this year, back-to-back weeks. Yeah, yeah. They 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 had a uh, yeah just a couple weeks ago I was like this is they're, they're a dark horse team in the ACC if they get hold of Florida State they could they could beat them they have Drake May who you know is one of the few quarterbacks in the country that I think is better than Jordan Travis that that could be something to watch and now it's just like and they they fall apart yeah and just it's just awful the ACC was I thought could be a lot friskier than it was we talked a lot about the quarterback play in the ACC. And outside of Travis, nobody's really delivered. May has been good, but you know Klublik has not been good. Van Dyke did uh, beat A&M Brennan and then lost to Georgia Tech. Yeah, and Brennan Armstrong hasn't done much for NC State this year. Riley Leonard has been good, but you know, I mean, it's just it's just hasn't stayed healthy yeah, either. It, it, as opposed to the other side of the country with the Pac-12, those quarterbacks have all been good. They've all been worth they've all been worth the preseason hype. So, that's your fishy line of the week. Lines of the week. Yeah. I really feel good about mine. I, I, I just can't see South Carolina just blowing anybody out. They're just, they're just too injury-riddled. Yeah. And Jacksonville State, like we said, that's a good group of five teams. They're 7-2. and two. And Rich Rod is a coach. I mean, he's been to these. He'll have his guys ready. He's been in these kind of games before. Mm-hmm. Won't so, be I mean, intimidated I, just, I feel, I feel pretty all. good about it. No. No, they, 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 he will have that team loose and ready to play and just not playing with nothing to lose. I really want, if they somehow win, oh. I really want Texas oh. to lose because this is the week that Sarkeesian said people think that we're not ready to play in the SEC, but we're the only team to beat Alabama this year. So I think we're ready. And then to turn around and lose to Kansas State a few days later. That I just, that, I really Which want that to happen. I always, I, I always thought Kansas State should be in the SEC anyway. They should have gone in over Missouri. Much more of an SEC town than Columbia, Missouri is. Would have been better at basketball, too. Well, there is that as well. I don't know if they play baseball. No, they, they, they were decent in baseball last year. They? I think they were on the bubble. So not any worse than Missouri. It should have been Kansas State. Yeah, not any worse. What's Manhattan like? You've been. I had a great time in Manhattan. I thought it felt like an SEC college town. Good bars, good restaurants. The the football atmosphere was. I mean, for an 11 a.m. game against. I mean, Mississippi State at the time, I think was ranked at the time, but it's. I'm smart enough to understand that Mississippi State isn't. You know, when you hear SEC team, it's not like you're bringing Alabama to town, right? But the atmosphere was really good in the stadium. I thought the people were nice. I thought that, like I said, the downtown area was fantastic and the the nightlife. I mean, if you had told me that I I closed my eyes and I was in, you know, Tuscaloosa, I guess not Tuscaloosa, but like Auburn or something, I would have believed you. Hmm. And they did the uh, the stadium rock back and forth thing. They do. And, and it shakes your feet, and it, it, it's kind of scary um, when you think about it. 
Washington minus three and a half is fishy too. We get uh, we get that on the text line. Where is that game? I gotta find it here. Um, hey, I'm struggling. Where is the Washington? There it is. Washington at USC. Yes, I agree. Minus three and a half at USC. The way they've been playing lately. What's the over on that game? Is the better one. Seventy six. That's, that's right in the area where I would be nervous. Yeah. <laughs> if you said like 65, I'd have said like, take it. It took take it. fourth quarter heroics and Cal not converting a two-point try in the fourth yeah. quarter for USC yeah. to not lose to Cal. Oof. I thought they were down, what, two touchdowns at one point? Down 16 points, something like that? And yeah. they, they, they a nice comeback, but I mean, my goodness, against Cal. We'll look at the rest of the lines when we come back. Oklahoma State would have been the best fit, somebody says, in the SEC. Well, you're going to get another round of this in a few years, or maybe even less than that. So yeah. maybe you'll get your uh, your pick this time. I'd be willing to bet my house and car that Florida State is the next member of the SEC, but we'll see if that actually uh, turns out. Rest of the games when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Mississippi sports sports on your radio and in the game super talk Mississippi Running a little low on Halloween music, so sympathy for the devil was going to have to do. <laughs> Michael Borky, Brian Haydad with you. 601-879-4395 is the text line. Speaking of the text line, we got a couple. We'll get to you right now. Somebody says, what's crazy about the road game thing for A&M? In case you missed it, they have not won a road game in over two years of the Aggies. Because one of those road games was at Auburn last year. Cadillac Williams, yeah. as head coach, beat Jimbo Fisher, LOL. Gosh, I just—it's just tough to believe. With one of the most talented rosters ever assembled. Yeah. 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 Up there, anyway. Somebody yeah. says, "Heck, even State has won a road game in conference at that." Yeah, this year. Yeah, I mean, last year they won one, just one. Yeah, it was in Oxford. The year before that, they won three. Yeah, the year before that, they won three. <laughs> Somebody recommended Monster Mash. You missed it earlier. Yeah, I already, already played it. Yeah. yeah, I already played Monster Mash. I'm just I'm out of material. I tried to, to copy all of all of Rhinos and and, and work from there, but going on with Shout at the Devil. Going on with that. Ooh, that would have been a good one. Yeah. I've got Spit Out the Bone coming next. So. <laughs> okay. Did you, did you? Rhino really did me did me a solid last week when we had Chris Jans on. He uh, his intro music coming back from break to have Jans on was Anesthesia by Metallica. I was like, 
Perfect. That's a good one. Perfect. Man, that's really good. See, good. That's, that's Rhino uh, for you. Yeah. Why aren't you dressed up for Halloween? We should have been dressed about? up. Why? Well, I mean, I I know my you know, answer. I have thought about that. I've thought about that like the past couple of years of like just not telling y'all I was going to do it and then sitting down. Like right, try to like time my sit down for right when the show like do yeah. the Chris Collinsworth the slide in, and I just I never, I, yeah, it's just it's tough to find Halloween costumes. If I was gonna do one, I would try to be like Randy Savage, and uh, yeah, that's tough to find. Plus, nobody wants me in spandex either. Yeah, we need to do that one year. We we could do it, yeah. And the only reason why I did is because I knew that nobody else would. And, so. But you're wrong. There are some other people there. I saw the pictures. There's some people there in costume. I chickened out is what happened. Yeah. yeah. So what kind of Halloween dad are you? So so do your girls, do they even go trick or Do they go anymore? Nah, nah. nah okay. Nah. They passed all that now. I think my oldest is going to a Halloween party tonight, and I think the youngest is, she might go trick-or-treating with her friends, but it's, I mean, yeah. it's not like the old days where we used to carry her, you know, hold their hand and take them up to the door and, yeah. you know. Like but, but are you going to like keep the lights low and hope nobody rings the door? Are you going to sit on the front nah, porch nah, with we'll, a beer? We'll, and... <laughs> nah, we'll just I'll be I'll be home and we'll be home and somebody knocks on the door they can get some candy. There's a a, a new couple that moved in kind of close to my house that I'm I'm hoping uh, I can make neighbor friends with because I I saw him on my run this morning which was brutal by the way uh, the guy that said it's not winter mm-hmm. yet buddy it's winter I almost died because it was so cold but he was setting up a cooler. Uh, and he, he, his wife made a sign uh, that she was hanging up above the cooler that said uh, adult candy. Point down at the cooler. I was like, I like you guys. I, 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 need, to, there you go. I need to come yeah. to your house tonight. And just I have a friend, in, uh, a friend in Florida that does the hot dog thing. They, they grill hot dogs. And uh, I think they gave out like 500 a couple years ago. You just sit there and grill them. Come by, get your hot dog. That's how you cultivate good neighbors right there. Yeah, yeah. Man, our uh, our friend, the late JT, used to uh, grill in in his driveway, in the front yard, not in the backyard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have done that when the weather uh, was 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 bad. I'll, I'll pull my cars out, let the let let them get the free car wash, and uh, just under the carport there, uh, grill. <laughs> Somebody said, here's to wishing A&M extends their streak this weekend. Somebody says, all candy is adult candy, but not all candy is kid candy. Fair. I can I can get behind that. Yeah. Dad taxes all Barrett's Elisa earlier is 39%. Got to teach kids about the real world. I mean, you know, under Trump, it was only 27%. <laughs> Figure I'll make some of our listeners happy. Oh man, and in inflation, oh, oh you got to reduce the how, number of houses that you can go great, to. How freaking great would be Paul Gallo come out. As you've seen this year, the dad tax has been increased under Joe Biden's leadership. Children everywhere go wanting under the democratic rule of Joe Biden. That would be an incredible segment. That would be good, actually. We have we have we have John Smith on from Hershey's. He's here to talk about the effects the dad tax have had on his business. I've already dad taxed today. Already. Have they, you? They, they, they trick-or-treated at school in in school for him is, is in ah. the church. And so they but he came home and he's I mean, he just turned four. 
with a bag full of candy. And and mm-hmm. like some of the kids in class. Oh, is that a Reese's Cup son? Hand it here. And you know, I don't don't give them sweet stuff much, it, it, just because I know what that turns four year olds into little psychos. So I got to moderate his candy intake anyway. But some of the stuff that he got at school today, I very much he, he had a, a wonderful day. I very much appreciate everybody that that did a lot of hard work to make that day special for the kids at school. However, he's not eating. Almost any of that. That's coming to me. Because if I give that to him, you guys are going to have to deal with that tomorrow. Like, I'll give it to you in the morning. Or give it to him in the morning. And so you guys can see what all of that candy does to this kid. Okay? So like this for breakfast? All right, time to go. (laughs) Eat it in the car so you're good and hyped. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm dad taxing hard. There you go. I might have a little candy tonight. I can't have too much. Mike says, I just go through the candy and eat what I want and then give them the rest. See, that's another life lesson. That's how it works. That's the real world, youngins. Yeah. You work hard, and the government, dad, says, well, no, you didn't, because I'm taking this from you. They didn't work hard. They just knocked on somebody's door and got something for free. That's hard work. They got to deal with the cold tonight. The cold is, is difficult, but yeah. I remember my child, my youngest daughter's first real Halloween. It was hot, and we dressed her as a monkey in like this full monkey oh, suit. She was no. sweating by the time we got done with that. As was dad having to walk everywhere with her. Uh, tomorrow, or carry her actually. By the way, if you have like a Ole Miss or State or, or Southern Miss or whatever your favorite team is themed Halloween costume for the little ones, send them to us. We'll we'll put them out on Twitter and and celebrate you guys. I I, I love that kind of stuff. I, I saw that. There was a, I guess it was in elementary school. I could be wrong about uh, what the group is, but you had a, a bunch of kids do, uh, like do a hype video where they had the Walk of Champions and like they had players, they're all little kids, right? And, and the, they had girls in cheerleader outfits and, and the boys like would have little headphones on and were walking through and like not paying attention to anybody. And they had a little Lane Kiffin with a suit on and, and glasses and stuff going through the Walk of Champions. I need to figure out who nice. that was so I can give proper credit because that video, whoever did it out there in Oxford, was awesome. Little Lane Kiffin had swag, man. I mean, he, he had worn a suit with a tastefully unbuttoned button-up shirt. He had worn that, that get-up before. That, that was not that kid's first rodeo. He knew what he was doing. He was pra- he had practiced. He you know he probably got in front of the mirror a couple times and you know. But I want to see press conference version of that. I also want to see. Eh, I guess we'll be okay <laughs> if we get some candy tonight. You know that'd be nice. What's Stuff the like that. best thing you've ever dressed up as? Oh gosh, it's been so long since I've worn a costume. I was Jackie Moon uh, uh, on Halloween in college once. See, uh, and. You know, we just had the cheap, flammable costumes from Walmart with the rubber band mask that cut into your forehead, and just yeah. so probably Batman. I, I always enjoyed being Batman. I wonder if I have this picture that I can actually show you. the The shorts didn't come with pockets or anything, so uh, mm-hmm. and they, buddy, they were short, short shorts too, because it was like the '70s basketball style. And uh, there, yeah. let's just say there was a whole lot of me. Uh, that night. Oh, I can't find it. I'll uh, I'll see if I can yeah, find Jeff. it before um, before the end of the show. I can hold it up to the screen and you can see me rocking Jackie. I had the wig and everything, like a curly wig 
And the should just permed your hair. It wasn't long enough. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, but uh, well, yeah. you can start if you start growing it now, you'll be good for next Halloween. I could do it by next year, for uh, yeah. for sure. Mike says that was Willie Price daycare on campus. Okay, shout out to Willie Price because that video that's going around of the little ones doing the the Walk of Champions deal uh, with the the players and the little kiffin and all that was uh, was awesome. So uh, whoever was involved in that, y'all uh, y'all killed it. So enjoy your Halloween tonight. Six year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. Six year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. Dwayne says. That uh, gummies, adult gummies, are also not uh, kids' gummies either. Marijuana. We'll be right back with you. This is your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, Ed, look, I found it. Those shorts are way too short. Look at those You're shorts. Seeing way too much of Borky there. Oh my goodness! Got the wig on and and everything. Yeah, that was. Uh, oh gosh, that was all the way back in college wearing a Flint Tropics jersey. Uh, Sports Talk Mississippi. I'm Borky's Hey Dad. Sports Talk is brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. I've got that on tonight. Hopefully, not hopefully. It's going to keep me warm out there trick or treating with the little guy who's dressed up uh, as Goose tonight. Not a Goose, but Goose from Top Gun. Uh, just going with a fighter pilot. We have a dog named Maverick, and so that kind of confused him. Like, James, you're Maverick. Say you're Maverick. And he's like, I'm not a dog. Uh, so I would have uh, would have gone with Iceman, considering what happens to Goose. But his but flight suit, him. for some reason, a toddler's fighter pilot suit has Goose's insignia on it. So it has his name and Goose on the flight suit. For a toddler. So we're going with Goose tonight. Yeah. Just uh, just keep an eye on him. <laughs> no ejection. If you get caught in any jet wash, if you get caught in any jet wash, do not eject. Just just ride it out. It'll be all right. You've got Maction tonight if you're not trick-or-treating. 6.30 ESPN2 from the Glass Bowl in Toledo. Here's why I tell you about that game. Mike sent us a video of the pregame warm-ups at the Glass Bowl. The field is totally, completely covered in snow, and it is snowing so hard you can't see the other side of the stadium. You can't see it. So if you're looking for some fun snow football tonight, you're going to get it with uh, Tuesday night Maction there in Toledo. So, will you watch if you can, if your doorbell's not ringing off the hook? Uh, I'll, I'll take a look at it, yeah. Yeah, for sure. When's the appropriate time, by the way, to cut the lights off and, and call it a night? When when do you stop answering the door? I have an answer that, that some people might not like. Eight. That, see, that that's mine. I just Once it's 8 o'clock, the little kids aren't out anymore. 
Exactly. I'm not. I'm not dealing with a teenager who has no costume and a, and a Walmart bag. I'm not. I'm like, you buddy, get a job. Will you say no to those kids? I did it last year. I said no to one. I just don't answer the door. No, okay. Like, I opened the door and it was it was two high school kids. The exact scenario you're playing out: jeans, t-shirt, and I was like, no, guys. I mean, come on. They had their driver's yeah, license. Right. Like they had to have. They were, they were old. One had facial hair. Like no, I'm not giving you candy yeah. for knocking on my door. At least try. If you had a right. costume on, I would. Yeah, I'm I'm not going that way. For sure. For Jim, sure. No. Jimbo says lights off at eight. I agree. Mike and Laurel says yeah. all of my kids have have Auburn related names. Uh, so do you have a daughter named War and a son named Eagle? I'm kidding. Uh, he said, uh, so my wife gets to choose what the kids are for Halloween. This year they were Taco Bell sauces I'm taking over next year. Why? That's awesome. Your wife is cool. That's a great, yeah. Mild, hot, and, and fire. Who's fire? Yeah, who is fire? Did you pick based on which kid you like the least? You know you know who you know who was hot fire? Brian Harson. That's how he just dresses <laughs> Brian Harson and is just fired. I sure hope one of the kids is not named Harson. Oof, that'd be rough. <laughs> Oh, I want to know what their names are now. This is a good point. Somebody says, I'd rather them do that than be out drinking or something worse. But, you know, at some point, both of those things are well, yeah, not something not, they should be doing. I'm not. Ta- we're talking about like 14, 15, 16 year old kids. They shouldn't be out drinking anyway. On, especially on a Tuesday. If you're, out, if you're a 16 year old and you're out drinking on a Tuesday, you might have a problem. You might need to. Start thinking about getting your life in order at that young age. So, Mike did not name... Aniston, Auburn, Aria, and Jordan. I knew an Auburn in college. It's a good name. Yeah. Then uh, nothing wrong with that. But, yeah, I I mean, you know, Tiger would have been an interesting name for one of your daughters. If you have another one, throwing that out there. That's why there's not a bow. Are they all girls? Is that did he say that? This is all my kids. Yeah. So Bo's a good one. Jordan with a Y though has to be a, a girl. Auburn could be a boy's name. So uh is there a bully out there? How many little Dax are running around named, Mississippi? I have a friend whose son is named Dak. There's there's some Dax you know, out there. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of there's plenty there's of Eli's, Eli's too. Yeah, the Eli's are in their twenties now. That's crazy. He said all girls. They're Eli's in, doesn't. They're in college. Bless you uh, for that one, my friend. Hope you have a good night. Hope all of you have a good night and uh, happy Halloween. Be safe out there. Uh, don't forget to take the dad or the mom tax. Thirty nine percent this year. Teach them about the 39%. real world. Percent. And uh, it's got to be. Y'all have fun. We'll see you tomorrow. We got college football playoff rankings coming out tonight. So we'll talk about that and more with you. We'll buckle down on the games themselves as well this weekend. All coming your way tomorrow at 3 o'clock. We'll see you then.
Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.